Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey everybody, welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. I'm Christy Brower, here with my co-host, sister, and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey Katie, how you doing? I'm good. Good. I'm good. Just, you know, trying to get ready for Thanksgiving and... Right? It's almost here. I can't believe it. Yeah. I made egg bites this morning. Have you ever made Ooh, these yeah. in your Instant Pot? I haven't made them in my Instant Pot. I've made them before, but not in my Instant Pot. I need to give oh it a shot. Oh my God. They're Starbucks worthy. So good. Wow. Yeah. Ah, so that's, is that the the secret is the pressure cooker? Yes. To make them so smooth like they are at Starbucks? Mm-hmm. Oh, now I know. Thank you for that. Yeah. I, I feel like my life has been revolutionized. And so now you all know. <laughs> revolutionized. I'm impressed. Revolutionized by egg bites. Who? By egg bites. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, how well, are you? I, I'm good, you know, just recovering from the coronavirus. Yeah. Get, getting ready to have quarantine Thanksgiving. You know, it's, yep. it's all weird, my friends. It's all weird. I don't know. What I'm actually yep. cooking. Well, my wife and I will be cooking all of Thanksgiving dinner, which never happens because we go somewhere else for Thanksgiving and we just bring stuff, you know? Yeah. So we're actually going to be cooking it all, which I'm excited about. It's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. We're sort of letting keto go out the window that day, except for oh, yeah, too. We're, we're having keto desserts, but we are having, you know, the big like splurge with your keto on uh, Thanksgiving is mashed potatoes and gravy. Yeah. And rolls. Really look, yes, and rolls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm really looking forward to all of that because we're having all of that. So yeah, us too. that's going to be fun. It's going to be really nice. I do not dare show up to the Thanksgiving table with cauliflower mash. I just don't. Uh, no, doesn't go over that well as it turns out. Yeah, not going to happen. Yep. No, we actually <laughs> bought real potatoes for the first time in more than a year. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's going to be good. Well, we're bringing a solved case to you today, but this is a really interesting one. This is a mm-hmm. true crime case. It's also a paranormal case. It's just crazy. And I just watched a documentary on it and said, Katie, we have to cover this because this is such an interesting story. So we're going to talk today about the death of Janet Moses. Janet Moses was from Wellington, New Zealand, and she died on October. No, sorry. In October what? I don't know. In October of 2007. Yeah. That's right. There's There are some questions, probably on the 12th of October, although the family did not report her death um, until quite a few hours after she died and so it's hard to it's a little hard to know for sure Mm -hmm. so this is such an interesting story because it's about um a makatu lifting which we would consider to be kind of like an exorcism okay so a makatu is like an evil spirit 
um, or a curse or something to do with like witchcraft or sorcery. Um, the Janet was Maori and her family. And so th this case is, it's challenging to me because her family was trying to help her. They really believed that that's what they were doing um, and, and killed her accidentally, mm -hmm. but then ended up going on trial, criminal trial for her death. And it just, there's, there's a lot of interesting elements. So I'm going to tell the story and then we can talk a little bit about it. So Janet was going through a rough period. Her grandmother, who she was really close to, had died. And then she was having some problems with her partner at the time. And her behavior started to change. She was honestly, in my estimation, she was probably having a psychotic break. Yeah. That's kind of what it appears to be. Is she was having a psychotic break. Mm -hmm. She was hallucinating and mumbling and sometimes screaming and attacking people and, you know, behaving mm -hmm. very strangely. And so, of course, the Maori, like a lot of us, you know, we initially look at stuff like that from a spiritual standpoint. That's mm -hmm. not uncommon. You, you know, not that's not just a Maori thing. I think that's everybody. Oh, you sure. Know, you try to look at this from a spiritual standpoint. Um. And so her family was really, really concerned about her and they wanted to try and help her and figure out what was going on. Now, this Maori family, they were very, very close. And so this was extended family. They had, um, you know, kind of the leader of the family, which was her uncle. And so they came together to decide what to do about her, how to how to best help her. So they were meeting at her grandmother's house where her grandmother had lived before she died, trying to make a plan about what mm -hmm. to do because they thought she had a makatu or a, she'd been cursed or she had an evil spirit or something like that. So one of the things that they did is they brought in um, an elder and his name was Tim, uh, Timmy Rahi. And so he was an elder and he came in and he did some prayers and blessings for her. And it came out that some members of the family had stolen this concrete lion from a hotel in the town where they lived. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the elder felt like they, their family was being punished for this theft. And when you're punished, like if you're, if you are, um, you know, experiencing a curse or something, the person in your family who is the weakest will be the one who is affected by it. And Janet was really struggling at that time. And so they felt like, okay, we're being cursed for stealing the lion. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. Sorry. Um, you know, and Janet is the one affected because she was the one really struggling at that time. So uh, TV Rahi says, you know, you got to take the lion back. And they did this big, um, kind of ceremony returning the lion and you know apologizing to the spirits for having done that one of the they, they took the lion because that was a family emblem of theirs uh-huh so some members of the family thought it would be cool to have this concrete lion in their house right. because like kind of some of them had lion tattoos right yes yeah yeah they did. And so, you know, they thought it, they were kind of doing a cool thing for their family, although they did steal it. I mean, maybe that wasn't the best plan. So they returned the lion. 
And then Timmy Rahi says, okay, now the um, other problem here is her relationship. And basically her boyfriend, who was the father of her children, was kind of running around at bars and with other women and, you know, stuff. Things were not going well in their relationship. And he said, I can't solve that. That's a family problem. Also, he was apparently going off to have surgery and was going to be gone for a while. So right. he told the family, okay, you have to carry out a healing on this relationship problem because I can't do that part. So I fixed the lion part. Now you got to do the rest. So here's the thing. The family didn't actually know how to do a makatu lifting. Yeah. Turns out that a makatu lifting is really a thing within the Maori well, uh, yeah. religion and, and that there is this kind of a step-by-step -step process, sort of like an exorcism, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, um, these guys didn't know how to do it. And so they just kind of used some of their own spirituality and kind of made it up as they went along. Uh -huh. And unfortunately, it, it went on for days. And since that, no one really knew what they were doing, they would just kind of, they really focused on water and using water to wash out the bad spirit. Mm -hmm. And so they would pour water over Janet and, and, you know, and, and, and chant things like leave in love and peace and stuff like that, which would, you know, telling the bad spirit to leave. But I mean, it could be like six or eight people like pinned her, pinning her down, pouring yeah. water over her. This went on for days and days and days. And it just got more intense and more intense. And, you know, Janet was hallucinating things and Janet was hitting people and running around and screaming. And, you know, at this point mm -hmm. she's full on psychotic. And maybe also fighting for her life. Yes. Although I think you have to recognize that she trusted her family and yeah. trusted the elders in her family. She never tried to leave or say she didn't want this as according mm -hmm. to the people who were there. She never tried to say, I don't want this. I, I want out of here. You know, she was, she was participating even though she was having these outbursts and stuff. Mm -hmm. Try and there were family members who didn't want her to do this and who tried to get her to leave and who said, this is not a good idea. You guys don't know what you're doing. But clearly there was a level of trust for Janet in this situation. Mm -hmm. These were her, this was her mother and her mother's siblings and their spouses. Like these were people that she saw as her elders yeah. and she seemed to really trust them. Yeah. So in the midst of all of this going on, they start, seeing things in her eyes, seeing something running around in her eyes. And they actually damaged her eyes trying to like pluck out. It out. Yeah. yeah. Well, they also decided that another, uh, a 14 year old family member also had some weird things in her eyes. And so before you know it, they're damaging her eyes. She, she was injured and they're pouring the water on her as well. They don't realize it, but at one, at some point, Sometime around 8 a.m. on October 12th, they drowned her. Mm -hmm. So they have her pinned down. They're pouring the water over her and they're stomping and singing and, you know, crying to get the, the demons out. There's so much water on the floor that at some point somebody actually hammers a hole in the floor so the water will run out. Like there's mm -hmm. water everywhere. Uh, and water really had a huge um, meaning to them as Maori. And I think they, 
felt like this is what would, you know, wash the the demon away. Mm-hmm. So they're sort of running this um, uh, ceremony on both Janet and this 14 year old young girl. Yeah. And at some point they drown Janet. Yeah. Now they don't realize they killed her for a while. Once they realize she's dead, then they go to work on the 14 year old girl thinking, okay, well, they honestly kind of thought that the spirit killed Janet. That was really where they went with this. And so then they're going after the 14 year old girl doing the same thing. And at some point, um, the 14 year old girl manages to say something like you're drowning me. I'm going to die. And that's when they stopped. And I think maybe it started to dawn on them possibly that it was what they were doing that actually had caused the death. They didn't report Janet's death for around nine Nine hours. hours. Yeah. Then the police were called. Her father had arrived from Christ church. uh, And he didn't know, you know, that she was dead and he'll till he got there at four 30 in the afternoon. Yeah. So the police come to them. This is just a straight up murder. This is hard because we're talking about cultural beliefs. We're talking about, mm-hmm. you know, indigenous spirituality and the white police show up, you know, and basically say, well, you know, you murdered her. We're, we're, you know, charging you all. Mm-hmm. So, they did a huge investigation and, you know, there were tons of people in the house, children included. There were, I don't know, like 20 people in the house at the time mm-hmm. that this occurred. So they um, put nine family members on trial and, and what they what they centered it around, which I did appreciate because I feel like you kind of have to acknowledge that what they were doing is they were doing this out of love. They thought they were helping her. Mm-hmm. So the trial was really more about the issue of consent. Did she give consent to be a part of this ritual? Mm-hmm. Uh, the trial ran was 29 days long and there were 101 witnesses. And some of those witnesses were giving testimony relating to the cultural and religious practices of the Maori. A lot of people were really upset about the trial because it kind of made light of the Maori religion and spirituality in general. Um, There were definitely um, witnesses that were trying to distance um, a mock lifting from what this was saying, this is not not what this was at all. Um, They did end up convicting eight maternal family members. Mm -hmm. Um, but none of them were actually sent to prison. They were given like community-based sentences. So they had um, some house arrest. They had some community service, yeah, that kind of thing. Um, so at the trial, Charlie Moses, who was Janet's paternal grandfather, grandfather yeah. yeah. So he, he said, you know, we've made our peace with them. They didn't know what they were doing, even though I told them not to go down that road. They chose to do it anyway. For that mistake, they're going to pay for the rest of their lives. But I wish them well all the same. So there were people kind of around them saying, this is not what you should be doing. This is not safe. 
It yeah. did come out that there were family members who on, on several occasions during the situation said, we need to take her to the hospital. This is not uh -huh. right. We should, this isn't working. You yeah. know, she needs to, she needs medical treatment. And ultimately the, the 14 year old relative who, who was a part of the ceremony also did yeah. get medical treatment and did have an injured eye. And yeah, you know, it was just, it, but it was really, really traumatic for the community because of the way that it portrayed the Maori religion. Yeah. And I, I don't know. It just really, really unfortunate. Yeah. Really, really unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a violation in so many ways, violations of their sacred teachings, mm -hmm. you know, that were paraded out to the public and, you know, in, yeah, in, in really crass ways and not always accurate ways. Yeah, yes. it just, it's, it's very sad. I mean, she had two little girls. I mean, it's very she, sad for them that they yes. lost their mother, you know. Absolutely. But yeah, it, but it's also an interesting study in the, um, that, that group hysteria, you know, that yes. seemed to fuel this. Very much so. At some point, it just sort of became kind of frenzied. And they just had to keep going and keep going and keep going. And no matter what happened, her reactions were reactions to the physical distress that she was in. Ah. And they saw that as the demon fighting. Yeah. The demon fighting. Yeah. And so it didn't seem to register that this was actually her physically struggling and, and eventually yeah. dying from uh, the experience. So really a, an interesting case and a challenging one just to think about like, you know, where is that line when it comes yeah. to spirituality? And, you know, I mean, obviously killing her was the wrong thing. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. You know, but I don't know. I mean, there were lots of questions about consent. Did she really consent to this? Could she really consent to this in the mindset? Right. She Could she? And yeah. I think that's the big question. Was she really in her right mind? She wasn't. She was hallucinating. Yeah. Uh, she was in tremendous mental distress. Yeah. She wasn't in the place really to, con to uh, consent. And I think maybe that didn't really come across to the family that it wasn't that she'd never said no it so much. And, and I think maybe sometimes she had said no, but um, it was that she couldn't really say yes because of her mental state. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's interesting to me for a lot of reasons. But one of them, Katie, I wanted to talk about with you is that over the years, working as professional psychics and healers, we have had many people come to us who are seriously mentally ill. Oh, yeah. And who want to see their illness as a spiritual problem, not a medical problem. Because there's such a, a stigma around having a mental health issue. Yeah, there's so much fear there. Yeah, there is. And so that desire, and you and I have both been in the position of having to set boundaries with people and try to get them involved with, you know, the right help and, and that kind of thing, because there is a, there's a difference between a spiritual problem and a medical problem. Yeah. And we have been, we've come across that many times. And I think that's, that's where this case was very interesting to me because yeah, she yeah. was seriously mentally ill. She may have been she was in her early 30s, which is about the right timing for a woman to develop schizophrenia. Right. And she could have been, you know, or she may have just been having a psychotic break that was 
from extreme emotional distress. Right. The death there of were a lot of relationship there. issues. She also had yeah. two young children, which makes she you wonder did. what kind of postpartum depression she might have been suffering. Well, like she was really on her own with them. Yeah. Yeah. There were a lot of issues here that could have been addressed medically. Mm -hmm. And she still could have done the spiritual work, too. I mean, there's nothing wrong with doing, you know, your spiritual work. But in a situation like this, she should have been seen. In the documentary that I watched, there was a um, a psychiatrist who is Maori. Mm -hmm. And he talked about, you know, about that and about how, you know, trying to mix, meld spirituality along with medicine when it comes to stuff like this is really important mm -hmm. in order to really get people the kind of help that they need. Yeah. Rather than try to solve a huge problem with a situation like this that obviously, you know. Yeah ultimately resulted in her death. It certainly didn't solve any problem at all. For sure. Yeah. I don't know. It was just, it was an interesting case, but also really distressing to think that this poor woman went through all of that. And I, I really felt for her family members too, because yeah, I really, my sense is that they were just, they thought they were helping her. Mm -hmm. They were desperate to do anything to get this bad spirit out of her and help her to be well and happy. And it, it honestly, from reading interviews with them and, you know, seeing how this went down for them, it didn't occur to them that she could be physically harmed. They were so no. determined to remove the spirit from her that the physical harm wasn't even registering, you know, no. that she could be hurt. Yeah. One of her, her, her uncle, who was the, the leader of the family, when he was interviewed, he was asked, when did you know he, she was dead? And he said, I didn't. Yeah. At what point did you realize that she wasn't breathing anymore? I didn't. Yeah. Like it never, it was, she'd been dead quite a while, I think, before they really realized that that's what yeah. had happened. It never crossed their minds that that's how this could go. Yeah. Just really, wow. Yeah. Quite a case. It is a hell of a case. It really is. I, I do mm -hmm. think it's, it's so terribly unfortunate, the, energy that it brought to the Maori people and to just the violation of their religion or of their beliefs. It's not a religion, but of their beliefs, you know, I, that well, is that kind of the, the distrust between um, the Maori culture and the white culture and not wanting to call the police, not wanting to get involved with medical care, that kind of thing, yeah. you know, and the, the, the misunderstanding of their culture. Yeah. I think had a huge impact on this particular case, you know, oh, absolutely. I, I yeah. don't feel like they thought that they would get the help they needed if they went for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So an interesting. Yeah. On, a, on a bit of a happier note, uh, New Zealand just recently appointed a Maori woman to uh, their cabinet. Mm -hmm. And it's yes, the first did. time that. Yeah. A Maori has been appointed to a place of power like that in New Zealand. And I was thinking about, uh, you know, that as of late, it seems like better bridges have been built, you know, mm -hmm. and I hope that that continues. And yeah, that's pretty exciting. But, but yes, there has obviously been some big cultural clashes there that, you know, have been damaging. Yeah, definitely. And that's the kind of work that needs to be done. And I think part of it yeah. in, in anywhere you know, where there's an indigenous culture and a colonizer mm -hmm. um, present, that there's a lot of work that has to be done 
to bridge yeah. those gaps and to understand one another to make sure that this stuff doesn't ever happen again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that, I mean, we've worked on dark entity attachments. We've worked on all kinds of what you would call dark spirits. Do you feel like Janet Moses had a dark spirit? No, I don't. Yeah, I don't either. I don't. I feel I like she this was pretty classic mental illness. And that's really what was happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've done a lot of work clearing dark entity attachments and, you know, all kinds of different things over the years. And yeah, yeah, that hit me immediately that she didn't have one. This yeah. really was. That's not how that reads at all. A psychiatric yeah. breakdown. Yeah. But I can understand why her family thought that is what it was. It was very much ingrained in their culture that, you know, when this kind of thing happens, it's a spiritual problem. Yeah. Well, and it was scary and disturbing. She was waking up in the night shrieking and screaming that she wanted to kill her family. I mean, yeah. she was saying and doing some scary stuff and they she wanted was. to help her. They had mm-hmm. to help her. Yeah. yeah. They did. They did. And they did what they knew to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Well, sad case, very sad case. And honestly, if this had happened in a village, uh, you know, that was of indigenous people that were allowed to live their own way, we would have never heard about this case, you know? I know, it's true. But then again, they probably also would have known how to do this work correctly. I mean, you, you can't discount the, the fact thing. that they, so much they of their culture had been know. stripped away from them. Yeah, they, they knew something was supposed to happen, but they just didn't know what. Yeah, I know. Yeah, there's this. This is a very multifaceted story. I feel like. Oh well, thank you. Yeah, you bet. Thank you all for being here and listening. And of course, we're True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. You can find us on Facebook. We have a fan page and also a discussion group. And you can find us over at Patreon. We do have a Patreon, and we appreciate all of you that support us there and help make what we do possible. You know that we will be back. This is our Tuesday show. We will be back with a live show, not a live show, a pre-recorded show on Wednesday, and then a live stream on Wednesday night Mm -hmm. for our case updates and a live stream on Thursday night, which is Thanksgiving in the U.S., but we are going to do a live stream because, you know, quarantined. What else are we going to do? That'll be the Psychic Hour show. Yeah. to you with the Psychic Hour on Thursday night. Yeah, so... Be sure to keep coming back and like, subscribe, and share. We appreciate all of you for watching and listening and being present with us. And thanks for being here with True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Have a great day. Bye, guys. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can always like and subscribe there as well. We also love comments and reviews. True Crime Paranormal is hosted by Katie Weaver and Christy Brower and produced by Christy Brower. True Crime Paranormal is a short girl productions podcast.